0: So I want to be honest with you. So today we're starting a new series. Uh, it's called We Believe. Uh, and we are going to be walking through the Apostles' Creed. Oh, there's one cool. Two cools. Good. Uh, to be honest with you, um, for you know, this week I struggled mightily with this. Uh, and even leading up to this series, when I threw it all down on paper and I even tossed it out to a few people, they were like, whoa, that's not you. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, uh, it isn't so much me, um, but uh, here's the deal. This series isn't me, but I, now don't get me wrong, because I, I, I chose to do this uh, and even gathered some, um, some conversation with other people around this but it's something that's not really in my wheelhouse. And it, it, it isn't even, wouldn't even be one of my top picks, a desired discussion topic for me either. But uh, here's what I kinda see happening for us. I think there's two crowds uh, when it comes to this. Uh, that We really fall into two fronts. One, there's a group of you probably a little older, uh, maybe you've come out of a very traditional background, possibly even like the Catholic Church, um, and, and you know no shame in it, but you probably wonder each and every Sunday why there's no hymnals on the seats um, here in the barn. Uh, and this group, you, you hear me say, well, we're going to do, and it was the O2 Cools, uh, you hear me say, well, we're going to do this series on the Apostle Creed, and you get really excited. You're like, yes, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. Maybe even, like I say sometimes, and I'm going to geek out a little bit about it, um, at the, at the thought of, of looking at this ancient text. Um, and then there's another group of you that hear me say this and think, uh, all right, you know, okay, uh, here we go. You think probably to yourself, well, at least I can still come and experience the great worship that we have. Uh, and, 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 and we would, okay, so I just tip my hand to that. We, <laughs> I fall into this group. Uh, this group loves to experience church uh, you hope each and every week that I share this one big profound thought that even maybe moves you to action or even maybe brings on tears, like you, we get moved to the point of tears maybe, but you think, man, when I'm kind of uh, on the fence as far as looking at this uh, Apostles Creed thing. And I mean, you're unsure maybe that you've ever heard the Apostles Creed in the past, uh, and uh, then there's the first group who probably has it memorized and could stand up right now and recite it word for word, uh, and, and, we, and it would be fine. But I, and, I, and I don't want to scare you with this, because uh, we're, I don't know that we're going to do it every week, but uh, for a good number of the weeks, we are going to uh, recite the Apostles' Creed together, okay? So, and that's, this, that's, that's, that's pretty traditional for me. Uh, I was a youth pastor at a Presbyterian church for a little while, and that was a little uncomfortable, Um, but we don't go as traditional here, but we're going to do that together uh, on occasion uh, throughout this, you know, eight or nine week series that we have planned. And so despite where you land with the idea of the Apostle Creed or even despite where you land uh, on the idea of church in general, maybe maybe this is one of the first times you've been at church or maybe, yeah, you're still figuring out this whole Jesus thing. What's great about the Apostles' Creed is it tells us and it explains a lot of this uh, stuff that you would think in what we believe as a church. And so um, despite that, Uh, We're, you know, whether you're old school, big on theology or exegesis preaching and rich in history or you're more on the amp side of experiencing coming to church and singing the new songs uh, in hopes for great application in life. What I want you to know is that through this series, we're going to take a look and understand what I already know, and that is, uh, church, that we need each other. So it takes both kinds of those people to be able to function correctly as a church. Those that are rooted in the, in the, uh, the old in the, uh, st- and the steadfast and uh, the time-proven things and those of us that are in the experience and, and really into, you know, experiencing Christ right now where we're at and, and feeling that. And, and some of those you fall maybe even in between. So we need each other. Uh, and, and I think throughout this series, we're both going to be spiritually fed in a great way throughout this look at the Apostles' uh, Creed. So a little bit about the history of the Apostles' Creed. Uh, first of all, a creed, if you don't know what a creed is, it's, it's, it's basically a confession of faith. So um, like you would uh, confess your faith in the idea of baptism, which we'll get to that in a, a, in a little bit, some of the... the early rootedness of the Apostles' Creed is in baptism, but, uh, or it's like a church mission statement. So we have a church mission statement here as well. The Apostles' Creed at that time was a lot like a a church mission statement. Uh, It was thought that each of the apostles wrote one line of the Apostles' Creed, um, and that's why there's 12 lines, and so that is a myth, a lot like gum chewing is a myth. Uh, It isn't true, Um, but the Apostles' Creed at its core came from what was first recognized and, and thought of as the Old Roman Creed. And this was in the 2nd century, so long time ago. I don't know when, the 2nd century, like 101 to 200, is that right? Or is it 201 to 300? I don't know. It's right around there, long time ago nonetheless. Um, uh, and it began being referred to the Apostles' Creed as, uh, as that in the 3rd century. So it went from the Old Roman Creed or the Old Roman... Uh, Creed to the Apostles' Creed and started to be called the Apostles' Creed back then. Uh, The process of which the Apostles' Creed uh, was actually written is unknown. Uh, The two creeds uh, are practically identical, the old Roman Creed and the Apostles' Creed. Uh, And throughout the 3rd, 4th, 5th century, the Apostles' Creed finally gained the acceptance through France and Germany and and the Frankish Empire uh, and was then eventually incorporated into the liturgy of the Roman Church, so uh, the Church of Rome. And so the creed has stood the test of time. It's one of the very few pieces of human literature around Christianity, around what we believe is a church that is actually widely accepted by pretty much every denomination, they look at what's written in the Apostles' Creed for Jesus Christ-believing churches. And this is one of the very few, uh, you know, it's probably the only one that has as much acceptance uh, as any other kind of creed or written statement um, based on, uh, you know, post-Bible canonized, uh, canonized books of the Bible. Um, and so... It's really, when we look at it, and this is where I struggle kind of with my experience. I love, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love history. I like, you know, when you go on vacation to go onto to the historic museums and things like that. But for the most part, I like the experience now. So for me, what we're going to do through this is we're actually going to even honor um, and we're going to recognize those that have gone before us and what they have built, what they have done, so that we can better understand where we are at Today, so last week, uh, if you missed it, we had we had baptisms. Okay, so and this was talking about how a little bit more in the origin of the Apostles' Creed, we had seven people baptized last week. We had I think four or five people baptized about five weeks earlier. Uh, So yeah, it's a great story. That's something to be excited about. But last week was really unique. Uh, Tim, back in the back, hey Tim. Tim got double dunked at baptism. So uh, uh, Sam and I were dunking Tim for baptism, and I noticed he got down, and the water only went to here, and his bangs weren't wet, you know, because he's got bangs unlike me. And so when he came up, I was like, oh, you didn't get wet, and I dunked him again. And, and it's all on video. It's all on Facebook for proof. Um, but, but it was the first ever double-dunk baptism in Christ the King history and the Baptist. If you, if you grew up in a Baptist church, you're like, yeah, that's how we do it triple dunk. So, uh this at first was a baptismal creed uh when and this is taken from an excerpt I read on uh kind of explaining the creed when the roosters when the roosters crows <laughs> I'm I'm struggling with the pluralization of words today. The children's. Yeah. So Uh, The rooster crows at dawn. They were led down to the pool flowing water. They would remove their clothes. The women would let down their hair, remove their jewelry. They would renounce Satan and uh, were anointed head to foot in oil. And then they were led into the water, and they were asked this question, do you believe in God the Father Almighty? They would reply, I believe, and they'd be plunged down into the water and raised up again. And then they were asked the second question, do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was born of the Holy Spirit, and Mary the Virgin, and was crucified under Pontius Pilate, and was dead, and buried, and rose on the third day, alive, uh, alive from the dead, and ascended into the heavens, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and will come to judge the living and the dead. And again, they would confess, "I believe," and then we get dunked a second time and lifted up, and then they would be asked a third question: "Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, and the Resurrection of the Flesh?" Flesh, and a the third time they would cry, "I believe," and the third time they would be immersed in the water, uh, and then they would emerge from the water, be anointed from head to toe with oil again. Clothed, blessed, and led into the assembly of believers, where they would then share for the first time the Eucharist meal, the communion. Finally, and they were sent out into the world to do good in works and grow in faith. And so that's that happened there in the third century. That is how that is what the baptisms look like. So I'm really thinking we should probably do it that way next time. So we'll go down to the lake. We'll have you know like vegetable oil head to toe. Right No. okay. But that's how this kind of started, and that's how baptism was, uh, was explained in some of the first mentioning. I mean, those are almost word for word what the Apostle's Creed is. Now, what I want you to know specifically about the Apostle's Creed as we get into this is that on its own, the Apostle Cre- Apostle's Creed holds no authority, okay? On its own, the Apostles' Creed holds no authority. I was going to say reverence there because if you watch, the next four words are our words. So I was going to kind of keep, but authority fits better than reverence. So, uh, but you can put reverence on the side and then circle the R's and get, yeah, anyways. All right. Sorry. sidetrack. Um, but scripture ultimately is the only authority in our lives. Okay. I shared that with the kids this morning. It was on my brain so I could take gum and then pull that out of it. Um, but uh, it's the only thing that we should measure up to. All right? We give authority to so many other things in our lives rather than Scripture. Uh, maybe it's materialism and gathering stuff. We give authority to certain lifestyles, uh, the ways we live. We give authority uh, to the desires and the achievements of life all too often, I feel, Uh, and they really kind of depict and direct our lives, uh, where we go, where we spend our time. Uh, I think even as Christians, uh, we devote ourselves to the actions or Christian rituals or Christian ideas all too often uh, losing sight of, that true belief in centering on who Christ is. We can do that in the way we serve, the way we give, the way we uh, you know, spend our time. We can get mixed up into those kind of things, even though they're all good, and we want to be a part of those as a church. I think even then we can devote ourselves to something other than Christ if we're not too careful about it. And what I know to be true about the Apostles' Creed is that over time, it could be one of those things for people. Uh, They've devoted uh, our time and our attention to it. And in some cases in history, that's what happened even around the Apostles' Creed. So focused in reciting it so much, it became almost like the Scripture. But in actuality, the Apostles' Creed's not in the Bible. I mean, this was written by human hands, not canonized as God's Word. Now, it came out of what what God uh, wanted to deliver, obviously, because it stood this test of time. And I think... What the creed was meant to do was not to stand on its own as a piece of prophetic or absolute truth, but it was uh, to be a point uh, for us to send us back to or help us focus on what is truth. And that is Scripture. What is truth? And that is, uh, you know, the, the gospel message. It helps reflect that. The creed reflects the light that is the gospel. Okay, I was listening to a sermon this week, and they used the analogy of the moon. You know, the sun lights the moon. The moon on its own has no illumination. Uh, and I like that one. But, you know, with the new little kiddos we got running around my house, we were watching Lion King the other week. And if you remember in Lion King, Simba is led by the crazy monkey, the uncle's monkey or whatever, and he goes over to the water, and he looks into the water, and he sees in there a reflection of his father. Right? And he's like, whoa, you know. And he's blown back. And I think that that's, in a sense, for me, I got that, that sense of seeing that picture of the Apostles' Creed is a reflection of Scripture, is a reflection of the truth, is a reflection of the gospel message in, 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 in the authority that Scripture brings. The Apostles' Creed only illuminates that. It points us back to that. And my hope is for this series that we, that we do that. That we take it back to Scripture, that we teach through it, and that we look, yeah, the Apostles' Creed is a great thing, but why? Why? And we'll take a look at Scripture. The Apostles' Creed is to point us back to the truth and the gospel, uh, and that it has full power, full authority, full freedom it brings to our lives, and that's the hope of this series. Uh, it's the creed that helps us see the gospel message more, right? So there's three things I want us to understand uh, uh, when we're looking at the Apostles' Creed. And I think, I think these are going to ring true for us throughout this series uh, as we look and dive into this. Uh, the first one is that we're going to see reality, okay, that we're going to see reality. As we walk through the Apostles' Creed, we're going to see what reality is or clarity in our lives, right? Our hope is through uh, this, the different aspects of the creed, and I'll teach through many of them, even though I'm going to mention a couple here, we'll teach through all of them. Um, That is that we will align our lives in wholeness of what God is asking and calling us to. Okay, so an example would be uh, in one of the lines that says, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. So I think today there's a lot of us that will say, well, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm a Christian. I believe. Uh, And then what do you hear from a lot of people? but I don't want to be a part of the church. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not into going to church. I'm not into organized religion. But if you look later down in the Apostles' Creed, uh, it says that we believe in the holy Catholic church, Catholic being uh, the universal church, not necessarily the Catholic church, and the communion of saints, all right? So uh, for us, we'll look at this and think, man, that might be rough for some of us. For those of, you know, people who aren't attending church or if they come that week and they're like, well, you know, that could be a convicting thing. Could be a convicting thing for some of us even. That there's very much a part of the plan and a lot of importance to being a part of uh, of the church and of the communion of saints. And we'll get into those. And actually, we'll be challenged with those. Even though we love hanging out with each other, uh, there's a lot more depth to the idea of being a part of the church in the communion of saints. Or, um, it's easy for us to, uh, you know, say, uh, yeah, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I, I, I agree with all the stories. I love the stories of the gospel. I love the teachings of Jesus, and I love the way he healed people, and I love uh, just his, all the things that he did in the Bible. Um, but, uh, as, we, as we read through the Apostles' Creed, there's stuff about the Holy Spirit in there and how the Spirit moves. And for us today, uh, we, some of us might not live the lifestyle and might not think Jesus of the Bible doesn't have all the same authority as he does now because I don't live my life in a way that lines up with Jesus gonna do anything in my life. Like I'm relying on myself. So I don't necessarily believe that he's going to be working in my life. I don't live that way, right? So that's two opposing sides to this idea of, yes, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and he's in total control of my life, but I don't live that way, right? Does that make sense? So like we can fall on both sides of a lot of these different things that are in uh, the Apostles' Creed. And what we see with this seeing reality or clarity in our lives is the ability to Uh, And hopefully our lives start to align more with what God has called us to, what God desires for us in our lives. We will hopefully have some rough Sunday mornings where I won't necessarily say what you want to hear. And we'll align our lives a little bit up more with what God has for us as a church and as an individual, all right? That's the aligning or the seeing reality. The second one is it it, it reminds us, or we remember the truth. We remember the truth. And, and in looking at the creed, we would see the core teachings that are seen throughout the Bible, uh, as, as, and even as early as the, as the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, uh, it speaks of the need of Christians to grasp and embrace the basic concepts of faith. That's what's in the Apostles' Creed. So that we can move into deeper parts of faith and deeper parts of our Christianity and, in believing in who Jesus is. Right? It's said there in, in Hebrews that we would not depart from the core beliefs of living a life for the risen Christ. Right? And that the Apostles' Creed represents a set of uncompromisable core beliefs of Christians and traditions of those. Uh, I was toying with the idea of the Nicene Creed, I hadn't really read that very much uh, until this series, but we were going to do that. And the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed kind of operate that same way uh, of, of pointing to these core beliefs in truth. So if this piques your interest, the Apostles' Creed, go on and read the Nicene Creed. It's a little bit more in-depth, a little bit longer, uh, and some more stuff in there. But the Apostles' Creed and all the creeds function as this filter to see what our held beliefs are as Christians, what we say we believe. It's, it's the profession of really the historic Christianity. All right? And number three, that we would focus on relationships. Right? We would focus on relationships. And this kind of comes a little bit more towards the end of the Apostles' Creed. And this is, uh, one, our relationship with God and our relationship with Jesus um, and what that looks like. And as I talked about, uh, earlier, it'll be on the second half of the creed, but it functions as the communion of saints, right? And, uh, and although it's super fun for us to hang out, like I said, uh, it's challenging. And in those two weeks specifically where we look at the Holy Catholic Church, being a part of the church and being a part of the communion of saints, we're gonna be challenged as to the level that that calls us to. It isn't necessarily Fifth Sunday family potluck services, is that's not what's written in there as a Catholic church or communion of saints. It's, there's depth and there's width and depth to that message. And I want us, I want us honestly to function as, the, as Christ wants us to function as a church. And so my hope is those weeks were challenged in this relational aspect. So now I want to launch kind of into that first line of the creed. And that, is, uh, and that is, it says this, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And I love, I love, love, love that the very first line of the Apostles' Creed is I believe. And so whatever follows this first statement, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, right? That is the anchor of which Everything that follows is anchored in our belief in God. And then it goes on to say, I believe in this and this and this. Uh, And we'll get into that as we go. And so uh, I I love that the creed starts that way. And it really kind of challenged me this week to look at the idea of what does it mean to believe in something. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him for the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Now, this verse is really key, okay? Uh, it's going to be key for us if we use it even later on in the service. We need to know this um, uh, throughout this series. But again, Because if you listen to it, you might miss what's in there. All right, It says, it doesn't say, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and know God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's not what it says. It actually says, um, if, you, uh, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I don't want, it leaves out that word know and, and, and really says believe with your heart. Now, and what I don't want to do is downplay knowledge here as we get into this, because we're going to get into the belief side of it. And, and it might sound like, I, you know, knowledge isn't as important. Knowledge is very important, all right? Knowledge and understanding of who God is is very important. We must have knowledge in order to believe. So I want to say that from the beginning. You must have knowledge of the scriptures, knowledge of the Savior, knowledge, knowledge of God being the creator of everything. That knowledge is key for us in order to uh, believe, But knowledge and belief are really two different things, right? Knowledge does not always lead towards any sort of action, right? Knowledge doesn't lead toward any any sort of action, right? We can know a lot of things and say, wow, I know that to be true, um, and that's great, but then go on living our life without any real sort of change at all, okay? I was listening to a sermon this week a uh, guy I listened to, uh, Pastor Matt, and, and he said, how many of you, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hands like he did, how many of you have ever known something you should do and not done it or done something, no, you shouldn't have done, but you still did it? Has anybody got their hand down? No? Justin? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Calling you out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's true. Like, we, I know a lot of things in my life But I don't necessarily move, it doesn't necessarily move me to action. Now, this is, this is for me, uh, over these last, you know, 30, 40 days, I've been really successful at something. So I'm going to share it with you because I'm really kind of, I just want to brag about myself a little bit because I don't do that very often. Uh, And so usually it's all about how I don't have it figured out. Uh, But I want to share one success story I've had, okay? So... Uh, forever, 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 forever uh, i 've toyed with the idea of losing weight okay and heather 's downstairs please don 't like you know go to her and, and, and bring this up because it actually is kind of a sore thing for her, but Heather used to even write me handwritten letters that said, "I care about you, I really love for you to lose weight. I really love for you to get healthy, I want you to live with me for the rest of my life and and, uh, and that's all, that's been great, you know? I mean, I, I still have the letter, it's still folded up in one of my Bibles, and because that's how she did it, she put it in my Bible and I found it and I read it and then I didn't change anything. So a bunch of people around me knew that that had to happen, right? I mean, you guys probably knew that had to happen in my life. So over the last 40 days, I've lost 24 pounds. Right, right, that's crazy. This shirt used to be, like, busting buttons off. But now, now this is what led me to this, okay? My dad, as I shared with you all because I wanted you to pray for him, had, like, quad bypass heart surgery, right? So he didn't have a heart attack. Luckily enough, he had a, 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 an artery that was 99% blocked and uh, he went in for a checkup, and then they immediately admitted him, and then, like, five days later, I had surgery, and then, and then it was rough. Like, he, he made it through it, but then there was a scare moment where they thought, like, things were tailing the other way, and and so we were praying for him, and I was visiting him, and all this kind of stuff, and then he finally got through it, and he's healthy and doing great. Well, he came up to me, so through that, I get, I, I mean, that obviously rocked me a little bit, to have my dad, uh, you know, struggle through all this. And then, um, and then, uh, so I got, so that was the first part of like, oh crap, I really got to do this. I like, I got to get in shape. Uh, can I say crap? (laughs) Heather's not up here. (laughs) She would so not let me do that. Uh, don't tell her. Um, so (laughs) just being real. All right, so then, uh, then I got together with my dad at Red Robin, and the whole family got together, and I ate like the fish and chips, like the greasy fish and chips, all three pieces. I didn't go with the two-piece, uh, and we ate it all. I had like three refills on my soda, and dinner was over. And my dad says, hey, you know what? And he started crying. He says, I care about you, and, uh, and I don't want you to go through what I went through. And, uh, and so he shared with me that he would really love for me to lose weight. And then he bribed me and said he'd pay me uh, for losing weight. And so that was the deal, honestly. I'm not even joking. Like he's literally paying me to lose weight. Um, but that was it. That was it. And so inside of me, I knew for the longest time I needed to lose weight. But it took some things in my life for me to believe it to be true. And that belief in understanding that I needed to lose weight moved me to action, right? So that's how that works. Knowledge is one thing. But then to actually have, believe in your heart that the God Almighty, creator of heaven heaven and earth, is my God. To believe that. And my hope is, throughout this series, we'll get that. We will go there in every aspect of this Apostles' Creed and get to the point where you say, I believe that to be true. And I want that in my life. That is our hope in doing this. Okay? It says there in verse 10 For it is with your mouth that you, or through, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You believe it in your heart. And then you profess it to be true in your life, and that changes your life, okay? It is in our hearts and in the very being, it is from that belief that we move to action, that we move to the point of professing what Scripture tells us to profess to be true in our lives and to apply it and in, in, in to, in to really and essentially change our lives and our understanding of who God is with a creed or some ancient test like this, it's really easy to focus on the academic side of it, like the origin of it and how rich and meaning it is and, and, and how, where, I mean, it's, it's been around forever and its origination of it, you know. It's easy to focus on, that, focus on the academic side of it. And lucky for you, I love the other side of it. I love the belief side and I love the, the experience in it now. And so that's what I hope we meld those two together in doing this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and and that is what I would like to be the anchor of the glue that holds the rest of this Apostles' Creed together as we look at it. Uh, in one of my favorite movies, uh, Goodwill Hunting, um, I'm going to get myself in trouble again. I was going to show you a video clip of it, but then I watched it, and it's pretty. There's a lot of profanity in that movie. Uh, Common Sense Media, if you use that, that's a five-star language film. So don't go watch it, even though it 's fa- one of my favorite movies. Uh, but in that movie, um, uh, will goodwill hunting is having will hunting is having a discussion with Sean who 's Robin Williams, uh, and in that movie he, uh, what, he asks him what moves you, what moves you, what gets you going, what challenges you in life and, and, and will i'll tell you what is a genius. Uh, he knows more. Uh, than most of the people on this planet. His character is that way he's solving math problems. Only a handful of people can solve. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to ruin it for you. But uh, Sean, Robin Williams challenges him. What moves you? Who are the people that challenge you in life? And he says Shakespeare, Nietzsche, Frost, O'Connor, Pope, Locke. And Robin Williams says, well, they're all dead. And, he's, and, and what, what, what moves you? Who do you have conversations with? What shares, what, who do you share your soul with? And that got, and, and got me thinking as Robin Williams was asking him these questions as I'm watching this clip, Church of the Apostle Creed is an ancient piece of literature, but it directly points to a living and active Bible that is alive and active in our lives and should move us. And that relationship with Jesus should move us to the core and in our souls to change our lives. In that movie, he's struggling with living life, and he's looking towards things that aren't going to aren't going to correct him and the relationship that's right in front of him ends up what was what is going to correct him and that's what I want us to do a lot of us are struggling in lives with different things some some areas of our lives we're killing it like we're knocking it out of the park but in other areas we think man I really wish I could get my stuff together I really wish I could make a change I really wish I could be better like I really wish I could align with what God has for me in church that's what I want us to do I want us to be moved in our souls by the truth that we look at through what the Apostles' Creed offers us, to be challenged. Avery's teacher sent home a, a paper this week and said, what do you expect for me to teach your daughter? Or what do you expect to happen this year? And I, and I put in there, I expect Avery to be challenged. I expect Avery to be pushed beyond her comfort and understanding that that's what I want for us. That's what I want for us. I want us to be pushed beyond our comfort zone at what the Apostle Creed has for us. What the the Scripture, what it points us to back in the text, back in Scripture. I want us to be pushed to belief in saying the words of the Creed. So that when we recite it maybe all this week or you write it on your mirror in your bathroom and you read it every morning, that we would know the meaning and purpose of it. Alright, so what we're gonna do now, I'm gonna invite the band to come forward. And we're gonna we're gonna recite the Apostles' Creed together. Okay? So I'm gonna get everybody to stand up. Now, what I want you to know, as Christians, we don't believe like you speak these words and then your life changes. Okay? So if you're comfortable saying the Apostles' Creed, say it. If you're not just stand there or sit there and 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 just read the words. But What I want for us to do is to say it aloud and get in the practice of saying it aloud together. Uh, And then Price really knocked it out of the park in picking a song after the message that is going to directly uh, help us worship through some of it as well, all right? So I don't know your reading speed. I don't know my reading speed, but we'll just kind of go. There's two lines on every slide, and I'll start, and then I'll go away from the mic, and we'll all just say it together. All right, it's right up here on the screen. Ready? The Apostles' Creed.